This is Twa Teams One Street from the Evening Telegraph, the only podcast as obsessed with Dundee and Dundee United as you are. This week, can heart-stopping D sort Saints? An air delight is United Get It Right. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Twa Teams. I forgot what it's called. Twa Teams One Street. That's always a good start when you forget. Who am I getting? We're only at number 235. Wow. I'm getting on a bit. Anyway, welcome to this week's edition of Twa Teams One Street. I'm... Oh, I've forgotten that. No, I'm Tom Duffy, and podcasting alongside me and keeping me right, it's George Cran. Hello. Alan Temple. Well done. And Graham Finnan. Hello, everyone. Right. Is that it? Is that what we'll have to do? Can I go home now? <laughs> so you have to. No, because we're speaking about a Dundee win, George. We are. Good win. No, that's United. That's awesome. Even <laughs> I know that. No, an, an excellent win. Did you see it coming? Um, I don't know, because Hearts are such, a, such good players in their team. I thought it was a good time to play them, though, in terms of in between big European games. Me and Alan were talking about that before. It was maybe the right time to get them, and you could kind of tell because they changed their I team. That, that's the point. What was going on about, you know, it's difficult for teams playing on a Sunday after they've played in yeah. Europe on a Thursday. Is it even more difficult when they're in the middle of a tie? Is I that a so. distraction? Yeah, definitely. And I think maybe because they lost at home and they're, they're kind of thinking, oh, we've got to turn this, try and turn this around away and that's maybe in the mind. Mm-hmm. I think it was probably in the mind of whoever picks the team at Hearts. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Smith, I guess. Um, yeah, the most suspiciously animated <laughs> technical director in football. Yes. Yeah. Um, You'll be surprised to find, <laughs> I've, I've forgotten who the pretend manager is. Uh, What's his name again? Well, let's I know. The allegedly Frankie pretend allegedly. manager <laughs> is Frankie yeah. McAvoy. Frankie McAvoy, yeah. that's him. I can picture him, but... But Stephen Naismith was fronting up after the game because his, his team got beat. Uh, and Dundee deserved it. They, they, they were really good in the first half. Um, maybe could have created a bit more, but they, they did a lot more in the game with less of the ball than Hearts did with loads of the ball. Um, I, I had a bit of a struggle I saying that. I start from the start, especially yeah. before Dundee went ahead. It was a phenomenal number of shots from Dundee and very few from Hearts. Yeah, and it was... It was strange that somebody had mentioned in the first half as the game was going that Hearts had 65% possession. I was like, really? Because they just passed it about. And Dundee looked far the, the more potent team. Um, they hadn't created a huge amount in terms of actual chances on goal, but they, they were going forward and Hearts certainly weren't. Um, Dundee had it tough when uh, Hearts obviously changed things at halftime and took control of the game. But then Dundee scored uh, against the runner play with that brilliant goal from Luke McCown. That, they um, did indeed. I called the wonder goal, and the other podcast in our uh, stable disputed it being a wonder goal. But I'm, well, I'm you know what? I'll bring Bear in here because yeah. he's a goalkeeper. You know when I when I saw it, you know what I really liked about it. It came from a mistake, but Xander Clark, like Luke Cowan, spotted what was on mm. right away, oh, yeah. and he yeah, yeah. he made g- really, really good ground and made a great effort to cover up for I his think defender. Did, didn't he? Uh, yeah. did, and what was Xander Clark, 6 feet 4 Yeah. Yeah, he's, I big. Mean, he's a big lad, and he was at full stretch, so that was a 
brilliant chip from, from Luke McKellar. It was a wonderful just went, just went under the crossbar. He had, uh-huh. to, he had to get it off early because if he didn't, the keeper was back. So yeah. It was great. It was, a, it was a fantastic goal. Yeah, I'm not having I'm yeah. not having it. It was a poor goal. It was a great goal. Uh, the, yeah. the view from the press box, it was right in the top corner. Yeah. Like, yeah. Perfectly in the top corner. Only our, place, the only place he was going to score. Our colleague Eric is uh, very, very high standards for a man that covers a team that haven't scored a league goal yet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's quite remarkable. I think he's just worried about Saturday. Yeah, mm. quite possibly. He says with a, a, a seamless link. Yeah. <laughs> We're coming for the farmers. But on the subject of the goal, we can all take great credit because we've said Luke McEwen should be one, not maybe not the man, but one of the men. And he's he's, he's shown it on a sort of game basis. But over over a season, Bear. Yeah. The lad's got a great opportunity yeah. we, to we go on and start as one of the big and players. And time again, he, he, he can. He scored goals at this level mm. before, but he has to increase his consistency level. And uh, so far this season, he's been magnificent. Uh-huh. I, mean, I think he's been man of the match in three of the four Probably games. Probably been the top yeah. player, I think. Yeah. Absolutely. And he's got that ability as well. You, you saw that on on Sunday to come up with a big goal. Um Yeah, great performance from him. Uh, and I've got to say, playing in an unusual role for him, the, the way the team's lined up at the start. You know, obviously Tiffany was outside of him in the, in, in the mm-hmm. four um, and he slotted into it. Well, I think that the thing that we're, we're talking about, the goal here, and I'm going to, I'm going to turn it a wee bit, I saw real encouragement in the defence and the fact yeah. to manage to grind out a clean sheet because that, I think, in the long run, will, will keep Dundee uh, in this league. Uh, Dundee. No, no, listen, I hear the sound of Bears yeah. back four yeah, drum beating coming. in the distance. Yes, <laughs> it, is, it, is, it is coming and... Uh, you know, Hearts had, uh, as George said, 65% possession, but Dundee did a lot more with their 35%. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. But, but Hearts, as every team does, Tom, in a, in a game, they had their, their moment, and it was the, the 20 minutes at the start of the second half when they came out, you know, all guns blazing. And uh, they obviously had the free kick, uh, which, I mean, Trevor Carson never had much to do, but he's been brought in to, to earn points for Dundee. And that's fingertip save. He earned them points mm-hmm. on Sunday. There's mm-hmm. absolutely no doubt about that. The defence in general did well. Interestingly, uh, the manager dropped Lee Ashcroft and brought in, brought in Jordan McGee. Um, that could be an ominous sign for Lee Ashcroft with Ricky Lamy warning up on the sidelines. But what gave me the most hope um, was 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 Dundee's setup. They looked they looked solid. They looked well drilled. I think the two weeks off, um, they've been working hard and training on certain things. And it was where from my seat in the in the the Bobby Cox stand got a good view of the four four two, and it was sometimes became a four five one because one of the strikers would drop back in, but they were well drilled. George the left nah. Hearts very little space. Hearts had that's the reason Hearts had so much possession. Dundee were leaving them on the ball in their own half, and I think the Hearts fans thought, well, this is all right, you know, we've got plenty of possession here. But unfortunately, Hearts could not move the ball quickly enough mm-hmm. when they went into the, over the halfway line to drag Dundee about and create a bit of space, and as such, they never created a thing. So yeah, it looked, looked really, really solid. Uh, you know, it is ominous for Ashcroft, but he's he's a, he's a big man. He, you know, he'll understand the situation. He'll be working hard to get back in the team. And uh, but um, you know, it could be difficult for him because they're look, looking really, really defensive rigidity at, at the back. Um, I thought that uh, going forward, uh, they're still not quite. I thought Bakayoko had his best game without mm-hmm. actually looking like scoring. That's, that's the concern. I yeah. can't remember a chance he's really missed yet. 
if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like it's not been in there, maybe. No, that's right. Come, and, and Robinson gets a big chance in the second half and, and should really score. But it was a, it was a great all-round performance. I'm just look, looking at the setup. Obviously, I've been an advocate to change the, to the four at the back, and he did that. But I still think with Lamy coming in, he now has the personnel to go back to three if, if he so wishes. But it looks... Oh, so fuck. We've we'll been we'll be putting up with this for I know. weeks. And now I know. You just change your but mind. I can see what he's... After I, I, can see, I can see where he's thinking. No, he won't go... No, I don't see it changing at the weekend. I, I don't see that happening anytime soon. But I think you've got... I think the way, the way he's doing it, Tam, sometimes teams that are built around players. Yeah. A certain player on the team and the manager will try and build the team around that player to get that player on the ball. Dundee are going to be built on a system and players are going to have to adapt to that system. You're going to get things like Luke McEwen playing just inside mm-hmm. the left and Luke McEwen normally plays on the left and you're going to get things like mm-hmm. uh, Leo Cameron coming on late in the game and going over onto the left. Leo Cameron wants to be in the middle but he's going over onto the left yeah. because they've all been drilled to do a job and do a job properly. So it doesn't matter who you take out or who you put on, they can all go into various positions and do that job because the manager has them well, you know, well versed on what they have to do, and it worked on it worked brilliantly on on Sunday. I was delighted for the team. I was delighted for the manager because he needed to get a first win as a manager under his belt, and it's positive signs for Dundee. Tom, mm-hmm. uh, Alan Bear picked up that point there that Tony Doherty seems to be working on systems rather than building round individuals. When that happens. Players are always put out a wee bit because they end up out of position. But the flip side of that is he obviously has confidence in them because he's Luke McCowan. He's said to Luke McCowan, you can play one inside. He's sent to Lyle Cameron when he sends him on, you can do a job on the left. And players can take something from that, can't they? Yeah, absolutely. And I think anyone that's on the books of Dundee would accept that they're maybe not the sort of extraordinary elite talent that you would build a system around and mm-hmm. that's just a, a fact of life a manager will have a, a shape that he thinks suits the squad that he's got but um and ultimately he's only going to change that if you've got particularly yeah. special players that are are worth changing and, and building an entire team around and frankly i don't think that's the right way for a team like no. dundee to operate i think you want the system to be stronger than your individuals as a whole and hopefully people can excel within that system but I think it speaks really well to the versatility of the the guys you've mentioned that they are able to do those different roles and I mean we mentioned earlier you know Jordan McGee coming into the side he's perhaps stands out more than anyone as exemplifying that versatility and you will really is the modern professional yeah you can play three or four and you're going to you're going to need that because you can't run a well (laughs) the the speed that tony docket signs players (laughs) maybe they can run a squad of 30 (laughs) but generally it's not wise to run a squad of you know a great deal more than 25 you probably want less than that to be honest to keep everybody happy Mm -hmm. and within that when you get injuries suspensions players maybe wanting to move on or whatever you need guys that can play more than one position. Um, I mean, not to take it across the street, but obviously, you know, it's something that I spoke to Jim Goodwin about earlier this week when he was talking about having signed Kevin Holt and Liam Grimshaw specifically because they can play three different positions. Yeah. And uh, the guy, the fact that Dundee have got guys that are showcasing the fact that they can perform admirably in two, three different positions two different formations is a real positive, real positive because it will ultimately you know, help Dundee have that um, versatility as the season goes on and, and hopefully a bit of fluidity. And George, Bear made a big play there of the defensive solidity on Sunday, but is there a, another difference be- 
from this season to two seasons ago when they were last in the Premier League is that in players like Cameron, um, Tiffany, McEwen, Mulligan even, they've got guys that can hurt other teams and create things. They do. Um, and some of them were there two years ago, but they're two years more mm, experienced yeah. well, and older. McEwen in particular has kind of talked about that and how he's looked at his first season at Dundee in the Premiership and he's, he's taken a lot of lessons from that. that how uh, He was probably Dundee's brightest player from the first half of the season. I think he was top scorer for a wee bit. Uh, and then things obviously tailed off for the entire team. But he spoke before the season and he spoke after the game on Sunday as well that he's using that himself. He, he feel, feels like he's one of the more mature players in the squad. He's only 25, but mm-hmm. that's true because it's such a young squad. Um, but he's also said that he's been telling the younger players that it's not about yourself and it's not about how you're looking individually, but it's how the team's doing is more important. So that's obviously something he learned from that first season uh, and he's trying to impart that on the young squad. But the goals is, is the one thing that they need to add. I think I, I agree with Bear. I think they're looking pretty sturdy in terms of defence. I mean, talk about Trevor Carson, that it was a great save, but I don't remember him making any other saves, which tells you the defence in front of him was working really, really well to, to protect him, protect the goal and get that clean sheet. Um, but... There's still, I've said this a few times in the podcast already, um, there's still only one game under Tony Docky where they've scored more than one goal against Dumbarton. Um, so that's something they need to add to. Uh, looking at that, that Robinson chance. I was chance. feeling quite cheery. <laughs> no, but that's that's a good thing. And they've got the defence in place that sometimes you only need one goal. But quite, I think they, they would have made life a wee bit easier for themselves oh, yeah. had they added a second. Um, and that's just the next challenge they've got to take on. Um because I, I think they're looking pretty solid at the moment. Um, and I do fancy them on, on Saturday going to McDermott, which has not been a happy hunting no. ground for them, but I, I do fancy them. Well, they're going to that one bear four points. You mm-hmm. would take that, and, and if they can mm-hmm. make it seven points, mm-hmm. yeah, going into this international four, break, yeah. it's a great start. Oh, a fantastic start, but, you know, St. Joss will have other ideas. You've got an, an, an opposition in front of you. Um, but it's a great start for Dundee, and you look at the, the games... They've played the, the two teams who they've dropped points to. The, the Drew and Motherwell, they lost at St. Murn, and they were a bit unfortunate to lose are both at the top end of the team. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it is a good start. Second and third. Yep, but it is only, only a start. Um, and we're talking about Dundee having a big squad. They'll have a big squad, but Tony Dockett, already I can see he's a fair manager. If you do well, you will go in the team. You will stay mm-hmm. in the team. Mm-hmm. It's all Cammy Kerr. Doing well the last 15 minutes at St Mirren, suddenly he's back in the team. A lot of people thought we'd never see Cami Kerr again. Yeah. I never saw, thought that, because I know what Cami Kerr's like, and I know how viable a player he can be over the course of a season. But he came in and he, he did well against Hearts. The, the guys at Lowry gave him a bit of a roasting at the start of the mm-hmm. second half, but as always with Cami Kerr, he he's grinds away, yeah. grinds away, and ultimately comes out on top in that battle. Um, similarly, Finn Robertson, who he came in from the cold, I saw Finn playing the... Uh, it wasn't under 21 again, it was, a, it was a cup, the, the Challenge Cup. Challenge yeah. Cup, that was at Dens against East Fife. Stood out, stood out like a sore thumb, as you would expect. The player yeah. has a ability with a lot of young lads around him, but still stood out, mm. did a good job. He's in the team on Sunday. He looks as though he can do, do a turn as well for Dundee. So, yeah, I mean, it, it is a good start. 
but I've been to Perth before when we've gone up there expecting to get a result and we've been turned over. So Tony Docker, they won't let the players get too far ahead of themselves. One result, they have to go and put a strong performance in again. But they have ticked a few boxes. I said right at the start of the season, there's a lot of boxes to tick in the Premier League before you can say we're here now. The, the first one was get a point on the board, get a goal mm -hmm. at home, you know, get a win under your belt, get a clean seat. They've done that now. Can they do it on the road? Can mm -hmm. they go and score, as George says, score more than one goal, tick that box? Get, get points on the road, can they do that? Once you've ticked all these boxes, then you can start to say, well, and, and look at where you are compared to other teams, you can start to say with confidence, I think we're going to be all right this season. I agree with George. I, I fancy Dundee going mm -hmm. to Perth. I really do. I, you know, second mention of him in, in this podcast, but reading obviously a lot of uh, Eric's coverage of, of St Johnston. That'll um, be Nicholson. Eric of Nicholson, Perth, of, sure. of course. <laughs> um, his coverage of, of St Johnston's fine, fine nil-nil draw at Celtic Park. And, you know, really interesting, really laudable result, clearly. But I still think there's huge questions over whether that team is able to dictate a game, create chances, score goals. And with the way they've started the league... Um, there's going to be a lot of pressure on St Johnston to go out there and actually make the running in a uh, game. And I, I think always think as well, manage, managers like to say our season won't be judged like, uh, on our results against the old firm. Mm -hmm. What they need to, and I'm sure Stephen McLean does, that goes for good results against them as well. Because mm -hmm. many times yep. do we see a mm -hmm. team get a good result against the old firm and fall on their face the next week. Mm -hmm. And also, as great as it was for St Johnston last Saturday, getting a nil-nil and a well-deserved nil-nil at Parkhead. It's a totally different game when you're you're playing someone that's comparable to you on your own patch because you're going to have to do a bit more attacking. Absolutely, and I think Tony Doherty will fancy the way they, this game needs to shape up from a St Johnston perspective, which is their fans will say, OK, Celtic Park was good, now our season starts, let's see what you've got, and they'll be expected to come out and make the running and create chances. And I think Tony Doherty would be very happy to use... Mm -hmm the pace that he's got on his side on the break and and look to create chances that way. I don't think Dundee will go there and try and dictate the game, but in terms of a nice little counter-attacking strategy, I could mm -hmm. see the game panning out um, quite well for Dundee, but that's be says. I mean, it's football. You, you never can say that. It could, be, it could be interesting because... No, St. Johnson could be a counter-attacking strategy. Does anyone both, go over the halfway line? I both sitting in their own half going, you attack? Yeah. But I mean, I mean, the selfish point of view, I want everyone that Dundee's about to play to have lost their last 10 games and make it 11 <laughs> in a row. But it's actually, it's it, it's good because, I mean, even a week ago we were speaking here going, God, this could be a relegation derby yeah. already. But yeah. both teams, both mm -hmm. sets of fans have had, had a lift. Add to the atmosphere. And something both sets of players have to cope with. It adds to the expectation as well, doesn't it? Definitely. Well, Dundee is certainly expecting. I hope to be a big crowd making the short trip down to Perth for what they won't call a derby but it's, I think it's a local rival Leave it early they've still no fixed the bridge at Glen Cars <laughs> <laughs> um, but as I said before I, I, I fancied Dundee to just keep yeah. rolling on I, I get that feeling about the, the way they've shaped up under Tony Dockery you could see the first few games they're not giving much away at all which is really good for a, a newly promoted team Look back at you mentioned the the season a couple of years ago. At this point, I think they conceded ten goals by now, which is wow. what they were. That included a thumping at Celtic Park, which maybe, as you say, you don't distorted it slightly. Yeah, um, but they were they still were, got that to come, George. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they were far easier to to play against uh, a couple of years ago. Um, 
they just look looking like every week they're looking like a really tough team yeah. to get past. Even even Mo Silla came on yeah. late in the game last week, but impact Who? the game. He wasn't here last week. I know. Along I know. with Jamie Lamy, yeah. Ryan Howley. <laughs> Ricky Lamy. Who's Jamie Lamy? <laughs> Jamie Lamy's Lamy his brother. Jamie drove him up. He's still here. <laughs> yeah, they'll sign See a Jamie. Yeah, yeah, that was good. Yeah. Yeah. They'll sign a Jamie Lamy at yeah. some point. If he's a midfielder, they'll sign him. Tony Docherty's listening. Who's this Jamie Lamy? Why do you want him? <laughs> it, was, uh, it was interesting, though. I, spoke to, I was speaking to the manager yesterday's pre match uh, stuff, and particularly for Silla and um, Ryan Howley, um, he'd identified that Samurin game in the first half that he needed to add more power, more mm -hmm. physicality in the middle of the park, and that's what those two have been brought in. And you could see that when, when Silla yeah. came on, he, he looked very strong. And, and Well, the first thing he did was brush aside a Hearts player, and the next thing he did was, was, was go to crunch and tackle yeah. a Hearts player. So I think that'll, that'll, do, that'll do for me. <laughs> I think that's very uh, much I his must game. Have, I, liked, I liked him coming on because I immediately thought, here's... There's a guy the manager's done his homework on. Mm -hmm. He's an experienced player. He's a physical player. Mm. The manager's no worried about him not knowing systems yeah. right away. He knows the, these last 15, 20 minutes, his job is to keep them out. Yeah. I think on this podcast, I think we discussed earlier in the season about the fact that when Dundee were last relegated, they were quite a small team. You yeah, know, and, yeah. and, and that showed up in a lot of fixtures in the Premiership and fair play to Tony Docker, he has ensured that that criticism cannot be levelled at yeah. Dundee this season. That is a team full of physicality and strength and energy and if they're going to lose games, they're not going to lose games because they've been bullied, which yeah. I think is a real positive. And George, just before we get on to the chances of more signings before the <laughs> deadline, I mean, there's a whole day, that's like half a team for Tony Doherty. <laughs> <laughs> but he also wants fire and ice. What uh -huh. does that mean? That's some sort of cocktail. No, ah. It's a Game of Thrones. <laughs> um, no, it's fire when you've not got the ball. Oh, so coming. <laughs> it's sadly. Um, fire when you've not got the ball. So in, intense pressing, trying to get it back and, and making sure you don't get bullied, as you say. And ice when you've got it. So That's you're a composed. really good... I get it now. I had no idea yeah. what that meant. I quite liked it when he yeah. was speaking uh, earlier in the week. And um, no, it's about, yeah, being intense when you've not got it, calming down when you've got it, composure to, to be able to keep the ball when you need to. So it's interesting that he was talking about Having to be as a could he not just say get stuck in when we've no got the ball, be <laughs> sensible when you've that got doesn't it. fit in a headline, yeah. It doesn't give <laughs> George a pull quote. <laughs> See, Come on, a, you've not been there. I mean, you've I'm been away too long. Now. I'm a fan, yeah, now. I, just, I just want it in really, really easy to <laughs> no, understand no, words. No, we need headlines, we still need to, yeah. Ah. But it's interesting though because he's talking about having to be comfortable when you've not got the ball, and obviously, we saw that against Hearts that it worked a T, um, and that's what's going to happen at times this season, uh, as a newly promoted team. And yeah, it's a real positive if they can do that and, and be strong and be comfortable. Comfortable is a good word to not be stressed about not having the ball and, and throwing themselves into tackles and stuff, but being composed in their shape, stopping their team and quite happy in that. I think they were that on, on Sunday. I mean, yeah. even, even though Hearts, obviously, they had that 20-minute spell after half time, and then Dundee scored, and I thought Dundee for the next 10, 15 minutes looked... looked 
Fine. So they would get another one, and then yeah. Hearts came back in it as you would expect as as the, the time Clock time wore on. Again. Yeah, but even in that period, they still looked. Ah. They weren't lashing balls everywhere. There was just that one scramble. Yeah, there was really. Yeah. <laughs> <right, laughs> and um, there, were, there were bodies on the line. But other than that, you know, they, they do seem quite quite calm and assured and mm. and what they've got to do. And George, what five players is he saying? <laughs> Before he's, tomorrow night's deadline, he said uh, on Wednesday that he's he's quite happy with the squad. But he, he's working he on also, a few things. He also said never say never. Brilliant. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One we'll thing see. that occurs to me is about. I mean, you you mentioned that on. I mean, you get you get in excess of twenty twenty five players in the squad. They're going to be a lot of unhappy boys. And I think at the back where he had the strength, and he's if everyone once everyone's fit, if that happens. He's going to have a lot of centre halves and mm-hmm. stuff like that. A few. I I always err on it just from experience. I mean, there's a couple of Mexican lads here. Portales is injured. Pineda's no no getting a sniff just now. Mm-hmm. Very often when you're a long way from home, it doesn't take as long for you to go. Well, it's time for me to go. I mean, how does he keep everybody happy? Well, there's the one thing I have noticed is he's not making that many subs either. Uh, maybe one or two a game. So even the boys who aren't getting the starting so team, unlike are sitting watch, unlike Gary Boyer. Well, that's Aye. the thing. Yeah, you get you got <laughs> Gary too many. Everybody was on. Yeah, the, the managers the went everyone on the park. Yeah. Everybody went on the park. Yeah. So yeah. it's interesting whether that will change. You know, they'll be doing things in training. Hopefully, that will ensure it's still early in the season. But you're right. Aye. I mean, and uh, we're talking about Dundee bringing players in. I wouldn't be surprised. Obviously, Max Anderson's gone up to. Inverness. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised seeing a couple more, maybe maybe going out on loan. Um, yeah. I mean, where did Dundee? What would you say, George? Where did Dundee need players? Right? I, th- I think he'd maybe like to add another striker. I'm, I'm not sure. He's Zach, we've not seen Zach Rodden get a, much of a sniff. I think he came on at Simon. I think, but um, seen it more likely to be one of the ones loan. I think so. It feels that way. Um, which, but I think he would only let him go if he had somebody mm. coming in. Uh, as you mentioned, Ashcroft has drifted down the pecking order a bit with uh, Lamy coming in and McGee, who I thought that was, I've never not been a huge fan of him in the top flight as a centre back, uh, but I thought he was excellent against He's got, he's got, what I'm saying about Ashcroft, Ashcroft is a bit pigeonholed. He's yeah. got to play in the back. Exactly. He's got to play back. Sean, it feels like Sean is, he's yeah. similar to Sean in yeah. terms of that kind of. Uh, McGee, McGee is, we spoke about his versatility, so he could go into midfield. He, yeah, exactly. he could play at centre back, he could go to either side, he could go to right mm-hmm. back or left back. You know, he's, he's, his versatility will get him games this season. And you've got Patalas to come back. I you've certainly got... wouldn't see Ashcroft going, going anywhere. No, but no. I just, yeah, how much game time yeah. you might get, because you've got Donnelly to come back as well, mm-hmm. which we've not seen yet. Um, Tyler French. Played ninety minutes for yep. the reserves in the week, so now he well obviously he can play it right back as well. Um, interesting to see how much game time he gets. Obviously he was signed by the previous manager Gary Boyer. Um, that's always an interesting one when a new manager comes in. Um, Does sound like they've got an awful lot of centre backs. Yeah, last time. <laughs> so we'll stick Kamikera in there. Why not? He's <laughs> yeah. play centre back. I mean, that sounds like uh, that's because Tony, like George Tony Docherty knows they've got six the last time they were at Celtic. <laughs> <laughs> but then, if he wants to play three, he does need probably five at least, don't you? Just for backup. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't. I, I mean, I, I said this before. Managers won't be upset about having too many players. No, players might get upset about that. Yeah. Managers won't be upset about. It. And we, we said this. You know, the last time they were up, there's a, there's a few players still there from two years ago in the Premier League. 
and overall that team was not good enough to no. stay in. No, you, you know, so you have to bring players yeah. in there. And we're seeing that now, you know, Trevor Carson experienced at this level, Joe Shaughnessy experienced it, Ricky Lamy's come in, a lot of game yeah. time under his belt. Not so, to mention Jamie. Yeah. <laughs> Jamie Siller. <laughs> <laughs> and before we round up, well done. A sign of a team that's doing well, Mulligan, and the other one, I'm forgetting everybody's names. Today. Well, Cam, it's right well, Cam, I know, I couldn't find it. Sure, <laughs> Mulligan must be about 26. I know, these age group things are always a minefield because it's players born on or before for this competition and they end up... If you get to the finals, guys are 22, 23 <laughs> and stuff like that playing. Yeah. But it shows it shows that the, the, they're heading in the right exactly. direction. Exactly. Interesting that I spotted Scott Gemmell at the game on, on Sunday. Josh Morgan didn't play. And Lyle Cameron was a late sub, I think. Did he come on? Can't even came remember. on late on the left yeah. wing, yeah. So you never really got to see the players that he was coming to see. Um, but no, it's definitely, definitely a good sign. I mean, Morgan's been in that squad pretty regular for, mm-hmm. for a while and I th- I get the feeling that Lyle Cameron will be alongside him for for a while as well. I think Gemmell likes Mulligan. Yeah, I, I was at one of his appearances um, when he played Northern Ireland at St Mirren, um, whatever mm. their stadium's called, the Smitha, whatever it is. Um, and uh, Mulligan was really good. He was actually playing sort of attacking midfield, he does, he bombing plays, into yeah. the box. Quite far up the park, yeah, yeah, I think I think Gemmell likes the the physicality and yeah. the energy he brings to the midfield, Definitely. which is particularly valuable at that youth. Group yeah. where maybe not everybody does and have way, that. They're a way to play Spain. Ex- so yeah, yeah. Exactly. Guys yeah. that can run. Exactly. So um, mm. I think uh, of all the, and we've got four um, call up from sort of mm. our patch mm. for the 21s. I think Mulligan's maybe Say the. That for part two. Ah, it's not really that interesting, <laughs> is it? <laughs> Mika's and Newman's in there as well, so that's it covered. And um, I, I think. Uh, I made sure I remembered their names. I think uh, <laughs> Mulligan's, I think, maybe the one that's the, the most impressed. Yeah, uh, well, he's been, he's been a, just a regular pick. For, for yeah. a while now, you can you can tell that, uh, but I'd, I get the feeling that Cameron's certainly got the ability to to be a regular pick as well, and might get to play in the middle. We'll see. Um, so you can remember where he plays. I just keep forgetting his name. <laughs> the wee lad, the wee lad in the middle. That's what Scott Gemmell needs to call him, and that'll do him the world of good. And moving across the road, Alan spoiled my start, but I mean, great for Mikasin and Newman. United could probably have had a one or two more. Uh, potentially. In the yeah. under-21 squad. I can't believe you were going to nose off on the under-21s. <laughs> yeah. Where's, where's, well, uh, symmetry. Yeah. You used to have a nose for a top line, Tam. Where's that going? That's, that's we're awful. Built, we're <laughs> building to a big finish this week. No, I don't know uh, what it is, but... <laughs> I, think, I think maybe if uh, young Kai Fotheringham hadn't got injured, I think he would have been um, in there um, because... Um, his progress has been really good of late, and I know um, he's, he's he's well thought of within the Scotland setup. So he would have maybe been in there, but speaks well to Archie Mikasin that he's kept his place mm. um, because he's not starting for Dundee United at the moment. He's kind of he's effectively first sub for Tony Watt, uh, who's playing in that number ten mm-hmm. role behind Louis Malt. So um, the fact that Archie's been called up despite the fact he's not playing every week. Uh, is something that tells you that when he's gone to 21's training, Scott Gemmell's been very yeah. impressed and, you know, he's he's back in on that grounds. Um, so, yeah, it'll be a good experience and, um, as you allude to, Spain, 
you know, it's a, yeah, it will be, it's, it will be an experience. Exactly. Uh, you know, whether you start, whether you play, whether you play five minutes, I think you're going to come up against presumably guys who will be some of the best players in the world over the next decade or so. Mm -hmm. And you can't not have a, you know, it might not be an enjoyable experience, but you can't help but have a formative experience from that. So, yeah, it'll be a good challenge. It'll be a good challenge for them. And dealing with domestic matters, Alan, in the words of Willie Nelson, on the road again. Great song, and it's a great place for United to be. Boom, boom. Yeah, very enjoyable Saturday. Yeah, it was. Uh, I thought you were going to say it was a very enjoyable song. <laughs> it was. Uh, sun was shining. Went for a wee ice cream at the beach before the game. So it was. Oh, um, yeah, it it's was, always rained when I've been in here. No, it was. A, it was a lovely day by the seaside, and um, it was one of those where, at that point, you're kind of thinking, "Will this be the high point of the day? <laughs> Is it all going to go downhill when the football starts?" But uh, that was not the case. It was complete dominance from start to finish and it was quite strange because normally going to a venue like Somerset Park even if Air United aren't at their best or um, aren't quite on it they usually give you a test um, mm. in terms of you know being direct being hard to break down being awkward and it just wasn't like that it was um, uh, United had complete control of the game and by the time Kevin Holt scored his goal on the hour mark they could have maybe scored two or three before that and they could have scored another two or three after um, in terms of the, the final scoreline it could have been four, five, six and that's the second consecutive in inverted commas hard place to go yeah. that Dundee mm -hmm. United have made look incredibly easy that's um, aggregate of 7-0 in away trips to Aberothan Air which there is that temptation with the benefit of hindsight to go oh no, you know Aberroth weren't great Air weren't great but as we've said before, nobody's saying that before these games. No. It's only with hindsight. So the fact that they're taking care of business um, so comfortably is impressive. And um, now it's just about doing that at Tannadice. And it's going to be a very different challenge at Tannadice all season because teams will approach those games slightly differently. Even although there's a gulf between clubs like Aaron Arbroath and Dundee United, because they're at home, I still think they mm -hmm. feel they need to try and come yeah. out a little bit. And United can really exploit those spaces and find pockets. Teams will be more compact and more organised when they come to Tannadice. So it's maybe United might actually enjoy Different their away challenge. days more than they enjoy their days at Tannadice in terms of a, a footballing perspective. But um, it was a it was a really enjoyable Saturday of football and uh, showcased a lot of good things that, that, that Jim Goodwin's um, introduced to this side. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, Bear, I mean, Two statement wins away from home, and as Lee Wilkins never, never said in his column, when you're away games and take a point of home. No. But it's, I mean, I, I look at it, Wraith are playing Queen's Park on uh, Saturday while United are at home to Airdrie. Yeah. My betting is they'll be joint top or divided by goal difference. Yeah, you would think so. I mean, it's, it's a fantastic start. The two away games, I'll go turn it a wee bit, great fun to get seven goals in two away games. Two clean sheets, you know. It, yeah. You know, yeah. it's quite a new defence as well. And again, that'll be the backbone of, of United's success this season. But what they've done is they've sent a real message out to that division that Dundee United are back now as a force. Mm -hmm. um, it's very early days, I've got to say. But already I'm looking at, and probably a few other United fans, is, well, I'm not a United fan, but probably the United fans will be looking at, looking at it as well and saying already, where is the challenge going to come from? Because at the start of the season, I was seeing challenges coming from everywhere in that division. Yeah. And it's so early, you, you just don't know. Teams are still finding their feet. 
But United look so far ahead of everybody else at this point in time. At the point, they're not top of the table. No. They're so far ahead, though, when you see what they've done. This is Alan says, Somerset Park and Gayfield, two of the toughest places in that league to go to, and they've made it look quite simple in victories. So, yeah, they've, they've sent the message out. Can they keep it going? Different test this week, uh, Airdrie at, uh, uh, at Tannadice. I've seen Airdrie this season. They're a good side. George has seen them as well. Alan's got a great start. Yeah, as well. Russ McCabe has, has got them oh. set up. Set yes. up fantastically well. <laughs> they like to play uh, out from the back. Uh, as I said, oh, that. shut up, people. Won't <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I was, I was stuck up. Stuff. This anyway. is all feeding into it. Right. This okay. is great. Okay, but I saw them, and they are a good side. And, and the way they've started, you know, and, and the league suggests they'll do well this season. So I might be a cautious one for United, you know, before you get too far ahead of yourself. You know, you've still got to do a job on anybody yeah. that's turning up. So, but no, fantastic start for United. Bear's absolutely right to point out the importance of the, the clean sheets for Dundee United. They've got four in the last five for clean sheets, but this will be a huge test of that because we're doing the kind of search through Airdrie's past fixtures before this match. They've not, they've not failed to score a goal in 38 attempts. Oh, you need to go back to well into 2022 for them not scoring in a game. They've scored every game this season, obviously. Then you go back to a game against Aloha. Um, that's, that's it. Colin Steve was the referee then, George. Yeah, he gave him... That's his fault then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> softest of soft penalties against Dundee in the last minute. Or Dundee could have blew that start exactly. out, the, out the water. Yeah, so, but it's down to... Doesn't bear a grudge, bear. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, so it's down to United to stop that that run. But I think it underlines the type of team that uh, Airdrie are. In that run, there's, <laughs> there's some staggering results. That in March 2022 alone, they scored 7, 6 and 5. Um, in three different games, mm-hmm. it's, they are a team that when it clicks, it really clicks. And you've you've seen that in the championship this season. Although yeah. they're not scoring five and six, they're a tidy side. Um, yeah, I, I think you tend to think Airdrie coming up to the championship that's a home win. But if I was doing a coup mm-hmm. this weekend, mm-hmm. I would steer clear of that one because there are. The, and I I totally get the the home fan expectation that mm-hmm. this will be a United win. Airdrie's a tough, tough game. And he, for me, they just look that kind of team, even if they're going along in the middle of the table and they're not threatened, they're not mm-hmm. one of your main rivals. They're a, they, they just look like a team that'll, yeah. they'll hurt someone's promotion push, uh, whether or not it benefits their own. Yeah, I think it's, it's definitely a game to caution against expecting a cakewalk because there will be, there will be that temptation. Um, United will, will look at them the same way they look at a home time maybe against a, a Morton or an Ayr or an Inverness and I genuinely don't think that's where Airdrie are going to be I mm-hmm. think you're going to be looking at Airdrie as one of those when we hit the business end can they finish maybe fourth and get into the playoffs I don't think they're going to struggle mm-hmm. with the step up at all they're a really decent side the only positive well the positive is that United are playing well but the, the positive from an opposition perspective is I'm not sure they're the type of team that will come and shut up shop they no, will they'll be play. they'll yeah. be compact and they'll be sensible and they'll, not, they'll try not to give anything away but I don't think it's in Rhys McCabe's nature to park the bus he's a, he's a young coach with uh, evidently real philosophies and thoughts on the game and a real identity to his team and I think they'll try to come to Tannadice and make a statement rather than change the way that they play. I think mm-hmm. they'll try to come to Tannadice and say, this is what Airdrie are about. This is a big stage for us to show it. And I'm, I'm excited. I'm really looking mm-hmm. forward to the game. I think it'll be a good I game. I think it's I, one enjoyed, of the best yeah. ones on the calendar. I have to say, game. I enjoyed watching them in that game against Dundee. Some really clever midfield 
movement that opened the Dundee midfield up on a few occasions. And I was like, oh, yeah. this is, you could see they're really well coached, obviously, in that philosophy that the Reese McCabe has, who obviously maybe not had the career that maybe people thought he might have when he came through at Rangers as a very promising youngster. But the type of player he's been over his career has always been really tidy on the ball and passing uh, nicely. And you could see that in his team. Mm -hmm. um, but I do fancy United. I have to say it, Aye. just because they are—they they do still have League One players in that team. They'll give them a test, but I need the, the encouragement I take for United. Bear is a young coach. He's got his philosophy, and it, and it, and it's great. And I'm sure he'll go on to great things. But he's got that dilemma now because those 38 games, I think you said it was that they've scored in, and they might they might score on Saturday, but they've no been up. And most of these games have no been up against a Louis yeah, Moore and a no. Tony Watt. No, that's right. And Does he tweak his system to say, no. look, guys, today, today this, we're up against a different level of striker? No, as Alan suggests, I think he'll still, he'll still play. And, and, you know, that's, that's a credit to him and his philosophy for the game. But even against Dundee, what, what I saw, the tight to play from the back, Dundee picked him off two or three times, but did not take advantage of mm -hmm. that, which has been Dundee's falling, failing this season. Um, have United managed to pick them off two or three times? The way... Moats playing in their attacking strength. I would expect United to, to get goals, and that that influences games, that derails philosophies. If you're picked off a couple of times, you suddenly start doubting, you yeah. know, your, yourself, your inner strength to, to, to keep playing under pressure when you, maybe you've lost a goal from a, a situation like that, and and then you do find teams. The philosophy tends to go out the window and they start shelling balls up the park to the strikers. Um, so that there's, there will be opportunities for Dundee, and I think that's a good thing. I think. Mm -hmm. You know, United's biggest problems this season at Tannis are going to be teams that do come in and park the bus and make life really difficult for them. Um, I think Airdrie will offer them a different challenge. It's going to be set up to be a really interesting game time to, yeah. to how it pans out. But United, as George just pointed out, you know, Airdrie, let's not get away from the fact that they've got a lot of players who have played no higher than this level. A lot of them have played their time actually a lot lower than this level, whereas United have a lot of boys who are, are Premier are Premier League experience under their belts. And, and you know, I would expect... Over the court, it'll be tough, but I would expect United to go and win that game and their fans will expect them to win it as mm -hmm. well, which can be a bit of a, a weight around their shoulders. And Alan, is it one that Jim Goodwin, I mean, managers are always very good at taking the next game and focus on the next game. And he'd take a 1-0 and three points right now, I'm sure. But if he's 2-0 up with 20 minutes to go, is it one where he's think he'll be urging his players on, get another goal if you can, give them a reality check that, the have stepped up a level because you can you can die in a in a single game whether it's Airdrie or or our both or air you can damage opponents in the mid to long term with a good victory can't you? It's a very Machiavellian thought that's for sure, <laughs> but I, I'm I'm not sure that Goodwin too really... much spare time <laughs> yeah. silly boots. Yeah, I'm 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 not sure Jim Goodwin's too bothered about the kind of long term effect that any result would have on on Airdrie as. Bear says it's too early to kind of know who would be your direct promotion yeah. contenders. Your point might be absolutely on the money the next time they play. If Airdrie have, for example, cemented themselves in second or third and they look like real contenders, I'm not sure that's the, the stage now. They might very well be or, or they might not. It's, it's just too early to tell. But I think, to your point, he'll certainly be urging them to go for three, four, five, mm -hmm. purely because... United haven't been great at Tannadice yeah. of late. Um, they're only winning this season... Obviously, you know, they've only played a couple of games, but it was against Peterhead. Um, and given the 
travails of last season. I think there is a real desire to put a statement win on the board at Tannadice just to, there's a burgeoning kind of feel-good factor uh, there, but um, their best days have come on the road so yeah. far. And I think um, in terms of just lifting the, the vibe at Tannadice on match days, um, a big win would be would be very beneficial. But it's I think another thing that makes this game really interesting because it's one that it's it's a tough game, but United do want a big performance at home. They've, mm-hmm. be, they've been showing fans around the country how good they can be. They need to show their own fans, don't yeah. they? Yeah, I mean, but first of all, you just need to win the game. I mean, that'll be yeah. the, that'll be the message first of all. And then if you're flying, if you're picking them off, as Bear says, which is a possibility, at that point, express yourselves, entertain, score goals, but. Uh, I think we'd be well jumping the gun to be talking about a margin of victory before you're talking about actually winning the game because uh, I, I do think that's I will stress in my defence I'm yeah. talking about 70 minutes on the <laughs> yeah. clock yeah. when you start thinking about this did, well, you, well, did you not already have done yeah. the United having won the league by this yeah, point no. in well, your predictions well that's why I'm wanting a big win <laughs> I mean, I, <laughs> I'm more worried than Jim Goodwin as, as fair to say well, if Airdrie are going to be Dundee United's main challengers and we just don't know at this time who would have thought Queen's Park would have been Dundee's main challengers but the more you get the upper hand on them when it comes to the crunch Mm -hmm. you will feel confident if if it does come down the straight you know you will have the upper hand going to games as as it happened with Dundee Dundee had the edge on Queen's Park Queen's Park did not beat Dundee last season so when it came (laughs) you know to the nail-biting final game I'm sure Dundee players deep down knew they had it in them to get over the line, and that's 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 the way it planned out. No, I mean, Bear, you played at a higher level, much higher level than I ever played it. When you were up against a big rival, was because you see games where you're 2 0 up and you know you've won, and the team eases off mm-hmm. and plays out time. But are, are there other, other games where you say, no, well, this, this is this is a team that's a potential danger to us, we want to keep going right no, to the final. Listen. Never, never. So I'm going to <laughs> I'm going to throw a bucket of water over that theory because when you're winning 2 nothing, We'll just edit this. When you're, winning, <laughs> when you're winning 2 nothing, you take 2 nothing. I Aye. think as, as, as a goalkeeper and defence, you're quite happy getting that clean sheet. That was mm-hmm. the most important thing for me, keeping the clean sheet. You didn't want to lose a goal. I think it may, it may change. If I was a striker, you know, I was yeah. you know, a, a bit more hungry to get goals in, in, in the front men, but... In terms of sort, I, I never really felt you wanted to do real damage to any team. You wanted to win the game. That was the most important thing. And at 2 nothing, what you don't want to do is to jeopardise your chances by pushing too far forward, losing the goal with 10 minutes to go, and suddenly the final 10 minutes becomes hmm. a bit more nail-biting than it should be because you've been a bit too gung-ho, shall mm-hmm. we say. I think what we're finding out here is Tam would be a merciless football <laughs> manager. Goodness me. I'd run them into the ground. I'd need a squad of 40. Making Jim McLean look fluffy. <laughs> oh, hey, there would just be... Every player of mine would just be another item in my toolbox. <laughs> run them into the ground, move on. I've all, I, I don't care if I had Lionel Messi in his pop. <laughs> if I could get someone better, I would get someone better. Sorry, I'm... I'm just hard that way. George, you worked with me. You know how me- <laughs> underneath this friendly exterior. <laughs> so why didn't you try to replace me? Eh? Well, ask That move fell through, George. Yeah. Sorry, uh, uh, messy with the cuff. <laughs> <laughs> Bear was too busy trying yeah. to replace me. <laughs> they've, got, they've got a proper goal scorer though on their on their hands. Not one that was expected. Kevin Holt's yeah. top of the goal scoring ah, charts. I knew, I knew you would be repping well, for Kevin Holt. There we it's, go. It's good I to think see, he's done great. We it's good to I see. I expressed doubts yeah. about him, but he's, he's 
He's done, done great wrong. so far, hasn't so, he? It's always Both good, ends of the pitch. Always good to see a Dunhamer scoring twice at Somerset Park. <laughs> and is that is that another the strike me now looking at uh, looking at him and Gallagher together in the middle and 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 the guys around him. I mean, they'll still be, you know, simmering a wee bit about losing a goal at home to Dunfermline because they are keeping clean sheets, and and to spoil that record in a home game, will bother these guys, won't it? And the fact that it's the only goal that they've yeah. conceded in the last five, but Holt and Gallagher with Doherty screening in front of them, Jack Walton, proper goalkeeper behind, and the whole team working hard. It's a good unit. It is. It's a solid unit, and um, there's at least a feeling that if Dundee United concede a goal, it won't be a stupid goal, which is nice this yeah. season after what happened last season. And as Bear says, talking about when I made the spurious 2-0 point and go for more, <laughs> you, but you get that in a team where you suddenly get a split, don't you, at 70 minutes where the defenders are very, very proud mm-hmm. of their clean sheets mm-hmm. and strikers want more goals, and you, get, you, you often do get... Frank exchanges or a park at the closing yeah. minutes that gives you what are you, what are you doing yeah. running up the pitch? No, two y- nils enough. You're two enough. You've got the game won. You don't have to go and chase the game. You don't want to, you know, give the opposition any hope. I can understand if you're if you're if you're two nothing up and and you're under pressure, then you need to do a bit more. But if you're controlling the game at that point, as a defensive unit, you just want to keep that going. If you get more goals, you get more goals. That's great. Yeah. But you've got the game won. That's kind of what happened at Arbroath, wasn't it? Second half. Mm -hmm. They just kind of played out really smartly. I I totally get that thinking from especially experienced defenders who know the game because you see, I mean, even before when United had Lauren Shankland scoring, all the defenders were like, well, there's one day he won't score and one day it'll be a 1-0 win away from home because we keep the clean sheet. And every team, no matter how good they are, and very often that's what makes your season a success is those one, two or three, one nil yeah. wins away, isn't yeah. it? That's that's exactly it. You know, all right, when you're leading by two goals, you do have that cushion, but there will be a game. It may even be nothing's up at the same time. When you're just, you've just got to settle for a point, you've got to keep your concentration levels up. So even if you're winning a game, say you are six nothing up, it's important that you keep your concentration level going. You don't give the opposition a sniff in the last minute because the next game, it could be nothing's up in the last minute. And you have to keep that level high so that it, it, it keeps running through, and, and you know you're, you're not you're not dropping off. If you're dropping off, that could, that could run into another game. So, yeah, but you think they're doing everything everything great at the moment, and the fans will be well chuffed. Kevin Holt came to Dens. He always had a goal in him. I've got to yeah. say, mm-hmm. he scored a few for Dundee, for but he got more opportunity left back. I never I never saw him score many goals from corners. No, I don't think no, he seems no. to have added that to his game, which is good for him. I'm, I'm glad. I'm really I'm really delighted for Kevin Holt because I thought. He, he was a decent player mm-hmm. at Dens and it's good to see him playing it. I think he can play that level. Also, I believe he can play at a higher level as well, you know. Um, so hopefully he can get back to the, mm. the Premier League with United. It's but interesting. I think uh, I think he could end up with a really good tally this season because not only is he clearly a target for corners, but as a penalty taker, yeah, exactly. you know, yeah. United do have quite a lot of jinking, tricksy attacking players and you could see them getting four or five spot kicks over the course of the mm-hmm, season. So yeah. it's not out with the realms of possibilities. On four already that Kevin Holt hits double figures. Yeah. And for a player that, and you could probably put Doherty in this category as well, wasn't heralded when they arrived. Exactly, yeah, they? They're, they're, both of them are doing really well, really well. I guess since you mentioned Doherty, yeah, actually, yeah. to go back to the, the, the attitude point, and it, I, mean, I mean, it's slightly different, but it's the same general thing. We were speaking here last Thursday, how long were, were they going to be missing them? Mm-hmm. For 
he turns up on the park at the start on Saturday, not 100% fit. It says everything about his attitude, doesn't it? Yeah, and not only that, but played terrifically well. Um, the only downside, and you know, we've spoken about how good uh, Ross Docker has been over the course of this podcast, go over the, you know, the the same points in terms of the way he breaks up play and his progressive pass and his intelligence and just the, his personality. It's, it's all so important. But I think the only negative is how much they miss him when he's not there mm-hmm. already. He has become that important against Unfermline. They just weren't in the same team either defensively or going forward. Jamie before him on <laughs> but it's. Um, yeah, so uh, he's been. He was. He was excellent uh, against there. Um, did everything he could. But I mean, he was. I spoke to him after the game, and he basically said I did far more than the manager asked me to do. Which um, he can say with a smile after coming through unscathed. Mm-hmm. Whether he would have said that with a smile to Jim mm-hmm. Goodman if he'd pulled his hammy again um, during the game, doing one of those long sprints, is a different question. To be fair to, if there's a manager that can ask someone to do that <laughs> yeah, in that yeah. position, because Jim, I'm that's sure true. Jim Goodwin played a lot of games when he wasn't yeah, fit. That's very true, and I'm sure. But if he it, just growled at people in the way, in, in the stop playing. You, you need that attitude. You Amongst amongst your squad, I mean, I'll turn it to Dundee. I know it's a Dundee and Essex again, but I know more about Dundee. Obviously, I haven't been a supporter. We go back to the defiant season when they only had thirteen players. Yeah, yeah. And Barry Smith was churning out the same thirteen guys ev- every single week. Now you're not telling me They're that they fit, weren't picking no. up injuries, but it was it was an attitude thing. And you know, certain players in your team have got that, and uh, that spreads that spreads throughout the team as well. So the other players seeing Doherty on the park. Mm-hmm. You know that'll that'll impact on their mindset as well going forward because United are going to need it all this season as well as ability. You need to have the mindset to get through this division. And just to use the, you know that him you know t- talking about his impact on other players to to link to something else that George's um, pristine notes put, uh, point out. Declan Glass. Declan Glass. Absolutely. I was just thinking the same thing. He looked so much so comfortable with Ross Docherty beside okay. him. You know he could dash forward. He made numerous runs into the box, forward passes drifted out wide and you can do that as a central midfielder if you know that you've got a mm-hmm. guy it's what they were missing all last season when guys like Dylan Levitt or Craig Sibold whoever happened to be in the deepest position were, were terrified because they didn't know what was over their shoulder they knew if they misplaced a pass the other team could score within 15 seconds because they conceded so many goals on turnovers last season whereas uh, on on Saturday Declan Glass was all over the shop, yeah. just jinking into pockets because he knew that if he does make a mistake, if he gives away the ball, you've got guys like Ross Docherty there that are knocking their pan in to cover. Even, you know, Tony Watts covering in behind as well, chasing back. It's a, a good, hard-working team that's, that's functioning really well. And I mean, and just the, the, the final word on the, on the you know, defensive stuff, I think it is notable that after 4-0 win at Gayfield, 3-0 win at Somerset Park, Jim Goodwin has been quick to point out, you know, also delighted with the clean sheet, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I do wonder, although he would never say so because he has a very forward-facing manager and uh, there's no real use in digging up the past all the time, I do wonder how much his personal pride was hurt by Aberdeen's defensive performances as yeah. they fell to, Must you know, and, you know, there was that perception that he just couldn't get a tune out of his defence. They were disorganised, they were porous. A couple of his signings didn't work. And the fact that Dundee United looked like such a, a sturdy unit, I, I wonder if he's seeing having a really good defensive record as a, not a form of redemption, that's just taking it too far, but just something that he'll take a great deal of personal pride in after the, the criticism, because anybody would have been would have been hurt by the criticism because it was you know pretty severe towards the end see when he says too that like to Declan that he wants to turn Declan Glass from a luxury player into a complete midfielder 
to me, it's a very sensible statement. I would go back. Jackie McNamara had a similar conversation with Stuart Armstrong, a young mm -hmm. Stuart Armstrong, and it wasn't a uh, Stuart Armstrong always had the attitude that he wanted to help. But one, I can remember one of the things Jackie said to him was, he doesn't expect him to tackle like a Ross Docker, Doherty mm -hmm. or a Jim Goodwin. But they can run. Yeah. You can run beside so you can hurry someone up, you can nudge them. You, you can harry them, yep. you can get get around them. Absolutely. I mean players players like Declan, especially in the modern game with the like managers like pressing and stuff like that. Nobody's saying they've got to, you know, break their leg trying to tackle someone, but they've got to they've got to get to people and put the, the, the work in that way, the way they can. No, bang on. Very little to add to that other than you're spot on. And I mean, I think the... First time we do. <laughs> and I think the the only thing I would add is uh, it was notable that, that Jim said he was sort of pigeonholed as a number 10, which you can see why that would be problematic because, I mean, list... Yeah, you don't always list, play a number 10. List to me how many teams in Scotland other yeah. than the really biggest teams can afford to play with a, a number 10 yeah. in Scottish football. It's not, it's not really a thing. You know, I can no. think back to... Remember, I remember Eremenko did it incredibly well at Kilmarnock, but like in terms of that, I thought, was that not more to do with his diet off the park? <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't actually, he couldn't run about that much. But, I mean, I'm just, I'm just thinking, like in terms of you know, as we would consider a number ten, you know, a Hadji, a Stoichkov, yeah, but, you yeah. know, the, the, a number ten. You don't really see it in Scottish football. So see if you get pigeonholed as a floating number 10 type, you're going to be the first dropped yes. when they want to play a more sturdy formation. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, and I think that privately would probably be something that really frustrated Declan Glass as well because he never said, I only want mm -hmm. to play as a number 10. So mm -hmm. um, he's got the jersey now and um, I'm a huge fan of Craig Sibold. I've made that clear a number of times. But when Craig's fit again, Declan should keep the, the jersey until such a time that, that his performance dips. So it's a, it's a really good opportunity and one that Declan's waited a, a long, long time for now. So he needs to grab it, grab it, grab it. And as the clock ticks towards the end of this show and the transfer window, I see here Mark, B Mark Birigiti working hard on his exit, says the manager, and also maybe someone coming in. Could we see a, a deal done a little Berigiti become a free agent before the deadline? I think that would be a, a desire, but there's a contract there, so yeah. it needs to right. suit the player, it needs to suit the club. And uh, a good contract as well. Yeah, and an ideal scenario would be another club taking him, um, and I know Dundee United would, would like that very much. I, don't I think there's a few Dundee United fans <laughs> think he should be working a bit harder yeah. <laughs> I, I, on an exit strategy. What I would say is one way or the other, I think it would be in everyone's best interest for him yeah. to, to leave before the window show closes, because if the window passes, even if he was to be released, he couldn't join a team um, yeah, we need to be released before the exactly. Mm -hmm. you, you need to, you need, you know, you need to be released before the. And you understand closes. the boys going to want a chunk of money for that. because yes. it's got a good contract. No, absolutely. So um, we'll wait to see what happens. Uh, I would expect that to maybe go to the wire, and likewise with a, a potential signing, I would expect that to go to the wire. They've. I'm United... not going to ask for a name. Give us a position, though. Well, I think I'd it's... keep it decent, please. <laughs> <laughs> he would like a striker, but the strikers that are on his list in terms of who he wants to bring in are not yet available. Um, everyone in this room knows that as things change and deadlines approach and clubs maybe think, oh, let's just get him out. It, maybe at that mm. point it, the situation changes, but at the moment uh, that's not it's not been possible. And um, I think it's not... So when, he, when Goodwin says he's expecting a relaxed day, 
no. tomorrow. It could get spoiled by an eight o'clock at night call, not, couldn't it? Not so much relaxed in that regard. I mean, it'll be busy, but I think what he was alluding to is when you're in a position that see if nothing happens, it's no big bother. No, that's yeah. relaxed. Uh, you know, uh, that, he thinks that he, that's what does keep him relaxed. Yeah, if he can, if he can make the squad better, happy days. But I thought I don't think there's a, a real panic about it. I think it's notable that you know, obviously, if they get an injury at right back or central midfield, you're then in the position where you could perhaps move Grimshaw in one, but then you've only got Kieran Freeman as a right back or you keep Grimshaw at right back and then you're one down in central midfield. So a player who could perhaps play one or both of those positions in midfield or right back would potentially be something that would improve depth. But as I say, we'll see what happens. And I know that we're kind of deep in talks with with one target earlier on this week and we'll see how that, that pans out. But yeah, there's no no sense of scrambling. I think when when that Dundee United squad's fit, it's I know there's a wee bit of you know discussion among the fans in terms of have we, they got enough in attack. But it's worth pointing out that although Tony Watt and Moult are both playing, if Louis Moult gets injured, Tony Watt will step into the number yeah. nine shirt, and every other club in the Scottish Championship and quite a few in the Premiership would, would probably envious. would be very envious of having Louis Moult as your first choice and then Tony Watt as your backup. I think it's maybe a little bit spurious to complain about then not having a third option to, to bring in however if they can do it they will they will do it no, however we're all fans and we like to complain. exactly exactly yeah. <laughs> but yeah you're, you're quite right when you when you look at Moulton what he's got good good choices up front as it is if you like the podcast we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it or even better leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts all that really helps people find Twa Teams One Street, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget to pick up your copy of the Tele Monday to Saturday for all the latest from Dens and Tannadice, 